Today on the Joy in the Word podcast, we pick up in the book of the prophet Daniel, and we're in chapter 8. This chapter is entitled, Daniel's Vision of a Ram and a Goat. Now, we have discussed this a little bit, but I want to reiterate the fact that chapter 8, actually the events of this chapter happen before chapters 5 and 6 as well, just the same that chapter 7 did. We're given a frame of reference in regard to time. The beginning of the chapter says in the third year of King Belshazzar's reign. So we know that that's somewhere around 551 BC. Another thing that's interesting to point out again, we did talk about this before, but to remind you that chapter 8 picks back up in Hebrew, directed specifically at God's people. Like I said, 8 through the end of the book of Daniel, all the way through chapter 12, will now all be written. In Hebrew. So, like I said, we're picking up in the third year of the reign of King Belshazzar. It says, I, Daniel, had a vision after the one that had already appeared to me. In my vision, I saw myself in the citadel of Susa in the province of Elam. In the vision, I was beside the Uli Canal. I looked up, and there before me was a ram with two horns standing beside the canal. The horns were long. One of the horns was longer than the other, but grew up later. Now, this represents the Medo-Persian Empire. There were two different uh, empires that ruled together. And obviously, uh, the predominant one being Persian, which is why one was longer than the other. I watched the ram as he charged toward the west and the north and the south. No animal could stand against him and none could rescue from his power. He did as he pleased and became great. As I was thinking about this, suddenly a goat with a prominent horn between his eyes came from the west, crossing the whole earth without touching the ground. He came toward the two-horned ram I had seen standing beside the canal and charged at him in great rage. I saw him attack the ram furiously, striking the ram and shattering his two horns. The ram was powerless to stand against him. The goat knocked him to the ground and trampled on him, and none could rescue the ram from his power. Now, this is talking about the kingdom that comes after the Medes and the Persians, which is, of course, Greece, and in this case, the leader of the Greeks being Alexander the Great. And it says the goat became very great, but at the height of his power, his large horn was broken off. And in its place, four prominent horns grew up toward the four winds of heaven. Now, what we know is that Alexander the Great was indeed great and he conquered swiftly. He conquered all of the earth that he could in regard to the Greeks taking over. We also know that he died at the height of his power and left four different ruling sectors to take over in his kingdom. And so here it says that four prominent horns grew up. And so picking up in verse 9, it says, Out of one of them came another horn, which started small but grew in power to the south and to the east toward the beautiful land. So in regard to that horn that came up out of another that started small but grew into great power, we know that this is referencing Antiochus the Fourth Epiphanes. 
During the end of his reign, he set out to try to destroy the Jewish faith. So it says in verse 10, It grew until it reached the host of heavens, and it threw some of the starry hosts down to the earth and trampled on them. It set itself up to be as great as the prince of the host. It took away the daily sacrifice from him, and the place of his sanctuary was brought low. Because of rebellion, the host of the saints and the daily sacrifice were given over to it. It prospered in everything it did, and truth was thrown to the ground. Then I heard a holy one speaking, and another holy one said to him, How long will it take for the vision to be fulfilled? The vision concerning the daily sacrifice, the rebellion that causes desolation, and the surrender of the sanctuary and of the host that will be trampled underfoot. He said to me, It will take 2,300 evenings and mornings, then the sanctuary will be re-consecrated. So if we read about that, it refers probably to the number of days that the sacrifice had been continually offered. It says it's the interval between the desecration of the Lord's altar and the re-consecration by Judas Maccabeus. And of course, this is extensive research done by biblical scholars that you can do some research of your own to find out more about it, especially uh, about Judas Maccabeus and the Maccabean revolt. And we can also look at John chapter 10 and verse 22. This verse discusses the feast of the dedication at Jerusalem. And the feast of the dedication is the commemoration of the dedication of the temple by Judas Maccabeus. And that was in December of 165 BC. Now, if we pick up in verse 15, this section is entitled The Interpretation of the Vision. So it says, While I, Daniel, was watching the vision and trying to understand it, there before me stood one who looked like a man. And I heard a man's voice from the Uli calling, Gabriel, tell this man the meaning of the vision. And of course, we know Gabriel to be an angel. It says, as he came near the place where I was standing, I was terrified and fell prostrate. Son of man, he said to me, understand that the vision concerns the time of the end. While he was speaking to me, I was in a deep sleep with my face to the ground. Then he touched me and raised me to my feet. He said, I'm going to tell you what will happen later in the time of wrath, because the vision concerns the appointed time of the end. The two-horned ram that you saw represents the kings of Media and Persia. The shaggy goat is the king of Greece, and the large horn between his eyes is the first king. The four horns that replaced the one that was broken off represent four kingdoms that will emerge from his nation, but will not have the same power. In the latter part of their reign, when rebels have become completely wicked, a stern-faced king, a master of intrigue, will arise. He will become very strong, but not by his own power. And this is describing Antiochus IV. He will cause astounding devastation and will succeed in whatever he does. He will destroy the mighty men and the holy people. He will cause deceit to prosper and he will consider himself superior. When they feel secure, he will destroy many and take his stand against the prince of princes. Yet he will be destroyed, but not by human power. Meaning, obviously, God intervenes to deal with him directly. 
It says, I, Daniel, was exhausted and lay ill for several days. Then I got up and went about the king's business. I was appalled by the vision. It was beyond understanding. So Daniel, in the last chapter, said that he was pale, that he was weak, that he was prostrate. It said the same thing here. Here it says he was exhausted and lay ill because of the dreams and visions that the Lord has given him concerning the end of time. So it says, it was beyond understanding. And that's where we will end in chapter 8. And like I said, this chapter is entirely in Hebrew. So it was written directly to God's people for them to understand the purpose and plan that he has for his people. And next time we will pick up in chapter 9 which is entitled Daniel's Prayer.